You know, when a couple of guys are angry at each other and they're yelling and they're arguing, sooner or later, one of them is going to say, ah, F you. And the other guy gets mad and he goes, oh, yeah, well, F you too. This is brilliant dialogue. Why is F you considered an insult? It's the most exotic, exquisite experience you can have. Hi, everybody. It's the Unreliable Narrator podcast, and we got a special guest with us. Uh, we got comic book creator John Dexter, who's got a couple comic books that we're going to talk about and get the skinny on what they are, where you can find them, and what they're all about. So, John, if you want to just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're doing. Yeah, sorry, I, I stepped on you. Um, no, I'm John great. Dexter. I created the comic book Alpha Dogs, which is Alpha Dogs 3, Ketchup Tears 1 and 2 are on Kickstarter currently. Just finished up my other Kickstarter called Dime Store Detective. It was a um, noir slash supernatural mystery. It got funded too, um, but uh, that just ended a few weeks ago. Then because I'm glutton for punishment, I released uh, Alpha Dogs issue 3 uh, two weeks later. It just worked out that way and uh we're funded now i've got two weeks left and uh, it's it's going pretty good um it's it's kind of on track like some of the other ones but um yeah issue two came out back in march and issue one came out about a, a year ago now so but if you missed out on issue one and two you can uh buy them as add-ons for the kickstarter so if you like dogs, if you like uh, original stories, it's it's unlike anything you've read on the shelves right now, Alpha Dogs. So, yeah, it, it's it's doing okay. So, I guess my next question would be, geez, you know what? I sent you a list of questions here, and now I can't remember what they are. I have to open up my phone <laughs> well, and be right. a rude guy. I, but... I forgot the question you asked me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, how did you find your way into uh, the world of creating comics? So I had grown up wanting to be a screenwriter for many, many years, and I had not got a whole lot of success. I mean, like the millions of people that want to be screenwriters, you know, it's it's all a little bit one step forward, two steps back. Um, back in 2014 and 15, I was the semifinalist for the Academy Awards. They put on this, the screenplay contest, and if you win, you have a chance of getting your screenplay into a movie. Uh, there was a, there's been a few movies that have been made from the winners. Uh, Kill of the Bee, um, and there's been like six of them now. And I was in the top 180 out of 7,400 two years in a row. So I got a lot of exposure that way. But, it, you know, like 99.9% .9 of screenplays, it fell through the cracks. So I decided to make a comic book out of my next idea. And it didn't do very good. It was, it was my first one, my first foray. And uh, it failed. So about six years later, I decided to create this new idea that I had, which actually was somebody else's idea. Uh, a friend of mine who he had just watched the Westminster dog show. And he said, he called me up and he says like, John, I've got a great idea for your next comic book. You should write one about dogs with superpowers. And I thought, boy, that is the stupidest idea I've ever heard. And uh, it just sat there for a while, but then it just 
started to take form and permeate and the biggest influence how it really started the wheels turning is I have a pit bull mix named pig. He's a terrific dog. And in the town we lived in in Missouri, they were outlawing outlawing pit bulls. So we had the choice to either move or keep our dog. And of course we moved. So um, that was the Genesis of the creation of the main character buck so buck is this pit bull with the ability to heal from most any wound he's smart enough to understand human speak and he has a heightened strength um ability but he's got a great heart and he's a terrific dog and he's feared by the public because of his breed and his size it's kind of a la casper the friendly ghost you know the the scary ghost but actually helps people and that was kind of the creation of buck and then i created the other dogs that are going to be part of the series we start out with Buck, him and his owner, and this older pit bull who shares the same abilities as Buck, have been on the run from these mercenaries uh, called Blackrock who want to get their hands on the dogs because of their abilities. So after years and years of running and hiding, they finally settle down in this South Carolina farm. And seemingly everything's okay. They're finally at peace. And then their owner, Ina who Buck thinks the world of, uh, brings home her new boyfriend. And she divulges the secret of the dog's abilities to him, which something she's never done, but she's lived an incredibly lonely life in seclusion with her dogs, and she's manipulated by him. But little does she know that he already knows of the dog's abilities and has created this formula that once in possession of the dog's blood, he can create his own dogs with incredible power. So as the series goes along, uh, in issue two, he's able to... Uh, inject the formula into his own dog who becomes this big hulking dog who's one of the main antagonists of the series and we pick up on issue three when Ina is kind of putting the pieces together that that Salem isn't this terrific guy who's who she thought because she did hand over the blood her dog's blood to him under the guise that her dog was that Salem's dog was dying of cancer and wanted to try to inject the blood of his serum, which he created. He's this very ingenious bioengineer said this company called next gen who is actually is a real therapy. It's called CAR T therapy where you take uh, cancer patients, blood, healthy cells, you extract some of their healthy cells, weaponize them, then re-inject them into the patient, and those cells seek out and destroy the cancer cells. Well, Salem, my character, has created kind of this 2.0 formula uh, with these super cells, which, as the story goes along, he, he used the dog's blood to create his own dogs for with powers for his revenge plot. I've said oh, about so you, <laughs> you got a great comic book story there. You got heroes, you got villains, you got all the people in between. It's it sounds great. I can't wait to read a, a copy of it. So you've had this has been on Kickstarter for some time now. Um yeah. I think I started following you on there. I'm just kind of getting into reading comic books a little bit more again. I've been a lifelong yeah. comic book reader. I don't know about you, Tim. You read a lot of comics too. I know you have. I have, not recently, but moved on to other things, but I'm interested in, uh, in some different stuff. I think what we talked about on our last podcast about how the cost of keeping up with all of the Joneses, basically keeping keeping up with all the episodes and or issues, is yeah. cost prohibitive and time prohibitive usually. So, so if we're yeah. going to read something, it has to be something more. Uh, what's the word? More a little more unique and and not just mainstream, I guess. Right. Yeah, we were We're talking about that the other day. Yeah. 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 uh, 
I was mentioning to Tim, like when I was reading comic books really hardcore, I was getting, you know, my superhero stuff, the big superhero comic book fan. And the the thing that kind of split me off from that was he had all these big crossover events, the house of them and final crisis. And there was just, you know, if you wanted to get the whole story, then all of a sudden you couldn't just buy Batman or Spider-Man. Oh, I know. You, you know, you, you had to get every book in the, in the whole thing. To, so I, I just eventually just, you know, I thought I'm going to run out of money doing this. So but yeah. what I, I do like is that more or less now, if I want to read a comic book, it's going to be something I've decided it's going to be more something that's of an independent variety, like what you're doing. And there's a great amount of these out there and yours oh, being yeah. one of them that I'm interested in. So I found, I think the first thing I found is I, Alpha Dogs, I think I found Dime Store Detectives. Um, okay. And I, I, I got interested in that. And then you shot me a, a, a message over, I think it was Instagram or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to buy, but so, so you made a special concession for me. So I got to thank you for this so that I can oh, yeah. uh, get a physical copy of Dime Store Detectives. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm really, PDF I'm, I'm happy. Isn't the same. Yeah. Yeah. PDF yeah. just isn't the same, you know, as, as having the comic in your hand. So, but yeah, I was uh, happy to do it. I included it with Alpha Dogs 3 uh, shipping to some of the comics to Canada. Anything more than that, it gets very, the shipping is very expensive uh, overseas. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you're definitely not going to find a, Alpha Dogs is definitely a very original comic, you know, these dogs, even though they're dogs with superpowers, it's not some hokey, funny, you know, it's very rooted in a serious tone. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of themes through the story. You know, these dogs kind of act as children to a certain extent, and it's, the story is kind of a ca- cautionary tale where, you know, the dog's owner kind of like a parent when they bring in this new boyfriend or new girlfriend in their lives and they kind of push their kids aside or or even when, you know, they have this kids have this dog and they get this puppy and, and it's kind of the consequences and the pain that it causes the kids or in this case, the dogs when Ina brings this new boyfriend and um, kind of pushes the dog aside and it, it develops this tension between this dog buck who just thinks the world of his owner like kids with their parents. And, and then she's kind of turned her back on him to a certain extent. So, but yeah, only, only this, only this instead of, you know, tension, we've got mercenaries and a guy with a revenge plot in the story. So it's, it's, it's definitely very different. And people that have read it have really enjoyed it. The biggest issue I'm sure you probably know is with, indie creators like myself is just getting the word out there because most people it's like, why would I buy your comic when I can buy Superman or I can buy a TNA <laughs> comic, which seems to be so popular. Yeah, that's it. And that's why we really wanted to talk to you. Cause I think that, uh, you know, the, everyone knows we've got movies about all that stuff, but there's a whole bunch of genius stuff out there in the independent world. And, and it just needs a little bit of love to get out there. So I'm glad that we could talk to you. There's a, We'll probably have you back anytime you want to have a, a, another comic book that you want to talk about. We could talk about Dime Store Detectives. But as someone who knows, I tried to do my own comic book uh, a few years ago. And it was back before we had all this wonderful social media and everything like that to connect yeah. us with people. And one of the things I know is that it's a really, first off, it's a really hard thing to do by yourself. I, I mean, a, oh. a novel or a screenplay. <clears throat> Those are things that you can kind of go at alone but a comic book is really a collaborative effort. And the part that I found difficult when I tried to do it was finding anybody around me who was willing to collaborate and kind of like, you know, take Mm -hmm. this project off with the heart that I wanted to do it. So tell us maybe a little bit about how you found your collaborators, who they are and, uh, and what it's like to work as, uh, 
as a team like that. Yeah, I mean, well, money talks. <laughs> you know, you, you got to pay them. That, that's about the only way to get anybody to uh, help you out is is money, unless that eventually someone buys your comic and enjoys it and is willing to share. I have a, I have a few of those people, which is great. But yeah, basically, I just did a cold call over uh, Facebook, writer seeking artists, and they answered. They're out of Argentina, Stone Tower Studios, and they've been terrific. The art is really good with Alpha Dogs, and the person that did Dimesaur Detective, he's in Italy, and it's the reason you have to fight. Find foreign artists is American artists are very expensive. Uh, the dollar just goes further. So most people that you'll find, like myself, have hired overseas to do their artwork. So it just it was a cold mm-hmm. call, and they were they were head and shoulders above everybody else that had you know answered and showed me samples. So we have a very good relationship, you know. But you know. You got to pay, <laughs> you know, if you, if you go the cheap route, you're just, you're not going to get as good of a product. So I definitely paid, paid up, but for what you pay in, a, for most American artists, it's, it's relatively cheap, but still, yeah, it's, it's, you're not going to make money doing this. It's, it's for a love of it. And with the hopes of getting a publisher, that's, that's my ultimate goal is to send it out to some publishers. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, best of luck, man. We hope we hope it goes well for you. So I know, the, <laughs> the, the I process for it. Doing it now, I don't know how many more I can do until I, you know, see some still where it's economically viable. So what uh, with Kickstarter, we haven't done. Uh, Tim and I have got a couple projects that we're working on, a book and everything like that, but we haven't really done anything over Kickstarter. We've batted it around a bit. Yeah. What's that process like? Is it You're frustrating? Yeah. Oh, no. Kickstarter makes it really easy. It's actually really easy. So that's the route I would go if I were you guys because then, you know, it. even if you get a publisher, at least you hopefully will, your backers will, will absorb that cost to produce it. Of course, a book probably wouldn't be as bad, but a comic would be awfully expensive. You know, they are expensive to make, especially if you, I mean, if you're going to do it, you might as well do it right, you know, so... But yeah, no, Kickstarter's pretty, it's it's pretty easy. They streamline it pretty good. It's just with Kickstarter, it, there's such a deluge now after COVID of people doing Kickstarters that for comics, and I assume for books too, that, and now a lot of mainstream creators are going to Kickstarter because, you know, Diamond Distribution, who distribute comics, well, they want 50% of it right there so that's 50 percent. you're taking a hit and then obviously a comic book publisher well they want their i'm assuming probably 35 percent. so the creator and then you got to pay the artist you're you're still you're still responsible for paying the artist and the letter and the colorist so i mean you really don't make that much money even unless you have a pretty big comic book you know pretty good fan base you know so what they're doing is now they're funding on Kickstarter. Well, then they pay for the comic and then everything else is money in their pocket. So there's, so you've got the mainstream creators and now every Joe Schmo is doing something on Kickstarter, whether it be a comic book or whatever, because there's now an avenue and it's, it's a great thing to have, you know, uh, Kickstarter has been, has made a lot of people who would have never, ever made a comic book, you know, able to afford to do it. So it's, it's a great venue, but it is getting a little bit, 
a little clogged. I mean, I can tell a big difference just from when the last time I released my uh, comic book Kickstarter back in March that there's been so many more people. So it's a thick field. So really, you got to just do what I do. Annoy the piss out of everybody by uh, <laughs> messaging and advertising yourself on social media until they just want to mute you and they can do that. I mean, you're, you're going to make a few people annoyed um i get the occasional message why are you bugging me you don't know me <laughs> so but you know they can just mute me or unlike me so well hey man i got you on, on our podcast so it worked I it know, worked exactly so it worked <laughs> out yeah well we're hoping that we you can find a, a little bit of an audience up here with however i don't know how many people listen to us i don't even want to know but it, maybe it it's 10, maybe it's 20 but <laughs> hopefully they buy comic books so hey hopefully um, yeah, I'm yeah, pretty sure that our to. audience is in the comic book art. Uh, is I think they are in yeah. the comic book market. So, yeah, um, yeah. and if they're not, they should be. They should yeah. be. Um, <laughs> so, what are some of your influences? Like when you were growing up, reading comic books, as I'm sure you did. What What were you reading? What What kind of things? Well, the the the, the guy on on your friend Tim's shirt is is one of my biggest influences. Wolverine, of course. Allah, my my main character, he can uh, heal for most any wound. So it's the classic kind Wolverine of, there. So oh not yeah, the modern that, that's one. The good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the eighties and early nineties Wolverine is definitely the best by leaps and bounds. I liked him better when he was short. Now he's yep. got to be six foot tall. So, yeah, it's uh, I don't read mainstream comics really anymore, to be honest. I but what got me interested was like most I'm sure probably you guys, too, was the X-Men cartoon of the 90s, early 90s. Yep. That's that was a huge influence. Well, like I, I pro- I'm going to guess at least like 70 percent of the comic writers in our age group. That was the thing. It was kind of like Star Wars, I think, for mm-hmm. the kids of the seven late seventies. Um, it was just such a huge influence because it was very adult themed for cartoon. It was the first really. I mean, it was really groundbreaking that in the Batman animated series. But I was Marvel guy, so that was the first big influence when it came to comic books. I was used my paper brought money to go buy the old issues with Wolverine and Sabretooth. You know that was. That was my thing. So that's really got me started in the comic books. And it just kind of grew. And I did the Marvel thing. And then I, when Onslaught came around and it just was, ugh, it was the end, I think, for most of people that I got out of it. And then when they started doing the Ultimate Series with Brian Bettis and Mark Millar, that got me back into comics again. So, but ever since probably in the last few they've become so political and with their wokeness i just i don't even read them anymore i pretty much just read the indies now so i like uh i just bought um at brewbreakers um oh god his new his noir series that just that, that's been out for a while now but i just I just uh, bought that. I'm going to read that after I finish uh, Nice House on the Lake, the new series by the guy that wrote um, Something is Kill- Killing the Children. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but indie. So I just do kind of indies now, and I support a lot of Kickstarter comics too. So that's a good place, I guess, for, for people who want to get introduced to something that they haven't seen before, new ideas, I guess. For me, I mean, I, I do like all those characters, Spider-Man and Batman and stuff like that, but we got them all in the movies now, and I think the comic yeah. books maybe are kind of fading into the background a little bit more because they're owned by the big companies and everything like that. But this is where comic books to me have always been 
best in the indie medium. Big guys will always be around, but the things like I remember the events uh, were probably more or less around the same age. I'm a late 70s guy myself. Tim, I think, is mid 70s, Tim. He might be a little older, yeah. <laughs> but so that was that was to me that was all the years that i was like my formative comic book years was like the death of superman and the image comics yep. uh, where all the guys broke away and that was the biggest news of the day and that was always oh, yeah. where the most exciting stuff was yeah. for me like it was all this new original stuff and i think that spirit's kind of living on right now on the kickstarter comics and on the indie on the indie scene and that's more or less why i'm i'm kind of getting back into that because that original spirit and that kind of I guess um, hunger for the new stuff is is, is out there, and, and that's, lack that's of where lack of rehashing, right? The the problem with the mainstream stuff is it's just the same story over and over and over, oh, yeah. oh, and exactly, yeah. they just flog flog it to death, and and then uh, they're afraid to take any risks. I think is the biggest yeah. problem because they might not make enough money for their four thousand person crew that created whatever whatever project <laughs> it is. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know how they make any money now with all the people involved <laughs> with the comic book and the fact that most mainstream comics are not doing all that great comparatively speaking to what they were. But the indie comics are just really taken off and uh, a lot of, I mean, it's, it's, I, it's, I think they've taken a big piece of the pie. The Indiegogo and the Kickstarter market are really flourishing. So. Yeah, there's. I know there's been a. Uh, I haven't really followed it too too close, but I know there's been a few big campaigns out there for some indie comics that are like eye raising. So, we're. I don't know. I'm. I'm hoping the best that you can kind of get your word out there and maybe share some of that success. What else? What else is there out there? What What have you got? Do you got any other ideas coming up that you can talk about or? Uh, well, uh, yeah, the Dinosaur Detective series. Uh, that's an eight issue limited series. Uh, like I said, issue one was just funded, and if you missed issue one, you can buy it with Alpha Dogs as an add-on. So, it, my artist is he's got two pages left, um, and he he draws it all by hand. So it takes him longer than uh, a lot of people that do it with computers nowadays. So, but there's only two pages left, and uh, half the comic is in black and white anyway. So Dimestore Detective is about, it's a supernatural noir. It's a very original story. If you, It's kind of like, well, it's actually a lot similar to It. Like if you take Stephen King's It mixed with uh, True Detective, I don't know if you're familiar with that, HBO yeah. limited series, and you combine them, then you're going to, that's kind of Dimestore Detective. And plus if you include, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. 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 Like a really dark, dark, dark issue. Uh, I mean, episode of Dukes of Hazard, you'll kind of get Dumpster Detective. So now that I've totally confused you, <laughs> let me explain <laughs> the story. So okay, so who is Boss Hog in this story? That's that's my only question. <laughs> no Boss Hog, just kind of a version of the Duke Boys. So it's uh, in the same story format of Stephen King's It and True Detective, we go back and forth. In this case, it's the present day. We open up with um, this detective mm -hmm. named Donald McInerney comes into this crime scene in the Appalachian Mountains in Georgia, where this woman, the latest victim of the serial killer, has been put on display in kind of a Christ-like fashion, hanging from a tree. And she's been left on the burial grounds of where the detective's uncle and father buried multiple bodies back 40 years ago during the moonshine wars and 
Mm-hmm. What what we do is go back and forth, and anything that's done in 1981 is in black and white, and everything that's in the present time is in color. And so we back go back and forth. And what happened 40 years ago is this Mackinder family; they're the notorious moonshiners of the county, and where there was a lot of there was prohibition back there in the North Georgia area. So they've kind of been, uh, there are four generations of moonshiners. They drive around, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with the a Plymouth Barracuda. It was a big muscle car yes. back in the back in the seventies. That's kind of I wanted a car that kind of was this character in itself, kind of like Night Rider and the General Lee. And so these two brother, this brother and this cousin, they're kind of feared in the town. They're the moonshiners. They sell their bootleg whiskey well this crew moves in they're connected to the dixie mafia and the dixie mafia if you, if you don't aren't aware they were they were kind of what they were they were a, a southern mafia they did the drug running murder hire they were uh, hired hired guns which they actually these were real people uh, the Dixie Mafia, but in the story, this crew comes in that's connected to the Dixie Mafia and, and pushes this these the cousins out of the moonshine. They're going to take over. Well, they don't take kindly to it, and it ends up uh, erupting this rivalry, this very bloody war between them. And in the middle here, this evil entity comes about, and I don't want to give anything away, but this evil entity is connected to this uh, this family. So. Fast forward 40 years, the son of the bootleg or the Mackinder, uh, the father, because there was the cousin and the brother, the son is now a detective. And somebody has, the serial killer has left this body to get his attention. And there's an evil entity that was seemingly dormant, has come back into this detective's life and is somehow connected to the serial killer, uh, connected to this cabal of cult that's going on kind of with the elites here. And now that I've really confused you guys, (laughs) you'll have to buy issue one. (laughs) Well, I think you bought issue one, didn't you? So you'll, you'll get it. So it's a limited series, this one. Yeah. It's going to be eight issues. Okay. And it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it slowly unravels as it goes. And like I said, I don't want to give too much away, but it's, it won't be as confusing as you, if you read the comic. I've seen the sample pages and everything looks amazing. It looks like it does have yeah. that cool noir story going on. It's very stylized, yeah. very stylish. Everyone did a pretty good job. So uh, I mean, yeah. I can't wait to read it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I think you'll enjoy it. I can't. Yeah, I just can't wait. I'm I'm excited to see see some yeah. new stuff out there and I love, get some I love new comics noir. in my hands. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I love I love the noir genre, the Ella Confidential, Maltese Falcon. I always wanted to tell that story, and I had kind of a half a story and the supernatural element to it because you know I was a big fan of it, and I was a big fan of True Detective, and I just love that story where. You have this hero that, uh, in this case, at the time, it's this little boy watching his father maybe defeat this entity. I try not to give too much away, but um, in he believes in the impact that this event happens on this boy's life, kind of like with the kids from It and kind of like with True Detective, where they, they believe this thing is defeated and it and it just takes everything out of them and they're picking up the pieces of their their life and what they've learned and then it comes back and and how this and how this 
bad guy or evil spirit has has affected them throughout their their lives. And it's kind of their their redemption to come back and hopefully destroy it once and for all. So that's well, kind of where the story goes. I'm here in noir horror. Yeah, detectives. You're just speaking my language here. Yeah, you really oh, are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a, it's a great genre that just isn't really touched on that much. And if it is, it's usually something that's been regurgitated 8,000 times. So I, I don't think there's been anything, you know, with this type of story with these moonshiners, you know, this kind of like, they're kind of like the Duke boys, you know, they're, they're feared, but they're not bad guys. And then they get into this war with this crew that are murderers and killers and the impact that it has and this evil entity that's connected to it all. So yeah, it's it's definitely uh, original, and and I think people will enjoy it. So definitely not for kids. No, I I mean I, I, I try not to do too much of the nudity. I don't. I'm not a big fan of the exploitive. I mean, there is a nude woman in the beginning, but it's her backside, and I there's some swearing swear words, but you know it's it's nothing exploitive or you know I I like to tell the story, not have to say well, you yeah. know I, I hate a broad a broad I, audience. Yeah, yeah, I like to have a broad audience. I, I really, it, Kickstarter's kind of seemed seemingly ruled by the TNA crowd. <laughs> a lot oh, of really? Comics. Yeah, and they do really good. And I just like, why don't you just watch a porn? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So many yeah, things seem know. to be ruled by that for, for yeah, unknown yeah. reasons. It's a distraction yeah. from the story. It, it, I'm old fashioned, man. I just, I'm in it for the story. That's That's it. Yeah. Yeah, me, me, I, me as well. So, yeah. Well, uh, where can everybody find what you're doing, John? So, if you go to Kickstarter and you just type in Alpha Dogs, it'll come right up. It's going to be in the comic section. Uh, and, like I said, if you missed it out on issue one and two, then you can get those at a, as an add on. You can also get Dampster Detective as an add on, too. There's a really cool trailer you can see. Um, and you can watch all three trailers. The trailers for Alpha Dogs are top notch. I mean, I put them against any uh, trailer. Comic book, comic book trailer that you're going to see. It, it, it's really terrific. I don't know if you've had a chance to watch the trailer at all for Alpha Dogs. I, I definitely watched one for Dime Store Detectives, and I think I just jumped in Alpha Dogs after I saw the Dime Store Detective ones. But we'll go back and watch it, and we'll probably we're going to link it up to this podcast once it once we get it all up there yeah. too. So we'll have yeah, a, a link can, for that. Yeah, and you can get uh, the PDFs for only five bucks. The comics you are as low as ten bucks. I've got a great homage comic to uh, Hulk one eighty one. And Tim, do you know what's famous about Hulk one eighty one? No. What oh. is it? It's the first <laughs> appearance of Wolverine. Is it? Yes. Yeah. So oh, I've okay. got the the cover is the homage <laughs> to. Uh, Hulk 181, so you have to check that out. And then my all-time favorite movie is The Empire Strikes Back, so Alpha Dogs has an homage cover to The Empire Strikes Back, which is awesome, too. So there's three terrific covers on there. Um, one of the rewards you can get, and if at times with inflation, you know, as they were, you can buy all three PDFs of Alpha Dogs for only 12 bucks. So it's uh, it's a pretty good deal, I think. And then another really cool reward I have on there is you can have a cartoon drawing of your dog by one of our artists at Stone Tower Studios. And they're really, they do a really great job. You can see some of the examples. That's a pretty cool reward. And the biggest get that I have is the artist of Stray Dogs. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the comic book Stray Dogs. 
Nope. No, I haven't no. heard of that one. No, so yeah, a lot of people have it's it's an image comic. It came out last year. Think um Hannibal Lecter meets um Lady and the Tramp. <laughs> as oh, crazy yeah. as that is. <laughs> it's a terrific comic. So it's about these dogs that um a serial killer is murdering these women and taking their dogs because he meets them in a dog park, takes their dogs and he kind of has this collection of dogs at his house and i'm not going to tell you what he does with the dogs i'll let you read the comic it's a absolutely terrific comic and won a bunch of awards it was the number one comic actually selling of last year at least on the indie scene i can't say mainstream but definitely it was number one selling but you should check it out and anyway so the artist um who draws uh, the dogs like disney dogs you know lady in the tramp I just texted her and I said, hey, would you be willing to do sketch covers for my alpha dogs? And she agreed, which was really, really cool. So she oh, does, wow. she, yeah, she's doing sketch covers of my main character, Buck. Um, and she did it for issue two. And I don't know what, what she's going to do for issue three, which character she's doing. I'm assuming Buck and maybe some others. I I, I don't tell her what to do. <laughs> I'm just happy she's doing it. But um so yeah, you can go to Kickstarter and see some of the co- see the covers. I just posted on my Instagram some of the covers she did for issue two for the sketch covers, and they're they're really great. So, um, so your Instagram is Alpha Dogs, also. Yeah, my Instagram is Alpha underscore Dogs underscore Comic, and my Twitter is at Real Alpha Dogs, and I'm on Facebook yeah. too, John Dexter. But if you Google John Dexter Alpha Dogs, you'll get a plethora of um, of stuff. All so. the links. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, so it looks we'll like on this. Kickstarter, uh, there's no way to actually find anything. Like you can find information about it, but but it looks like the Kickstarter is over for Alpha Dogs entirely. No, no, no. It's we're we've got we're two weeks left of it. Okay, because um, I was just there, might, and I maybe I need somebody smarter than me to figure it out. Because no, no. Just, well, <laughs> just type in Alpha Dogs. Um, <laughs> And you, you should see uh, if you put in Alpha Dogs in a comic. Sh- now, one and two are done. So that might have been, but it's Alpha yeah. Dogs three. So if you go, okay. if you should be able to find Alpha Dogs three on there, and it'll take you to the live live one. Or uh, if you type in John Dexter, J O N D E X T E R, I'll come up and you'll see my campaigns, all my past campaigns. Plus, the top one should be the current campaign of Alpha Dogs three. It's Alpha Dogs. Issue three with uh, issues one and two uh, catch-up tiers. So if you check that out, it, it'll be it should be it'll be on there. Beautiful. But yeah, that's, if you go to the one, if you just type in Alpha Dogs, you might get some of the old ones. But you might have to put Alpha so Dogs far. That's all three. I've been able to find. But that, if I have any complaint about Kickstarter so far, it's that it's hard for somebody that doesn't know anything about it to figure out what's going um, on. Try to type just type in my name, John Dexter, J O N D E X T E R. And it should come up on the search. I, I assume there's no other John Dexter's on Kickstarter. You know, it says, oops, we could not find any results. Why Do is you it know not what giving you're doing, me... Sam? <laughs> well, I'm at Kickstarter. Are you on, are you on Kickstarter? Are you on I'm Google at Kickstarter. Search? Okay. No, I'm at Kickstarter. But if you... If you, if you it could be because uh, different parts of the world have different permissions and uh, access to different things, too, sometimes. Oh, really? So... Hmm. Who knows? Well, that's surprising because I, I know I, you can buy Alpha Dogs anywhere in the world on PDF, so it, it should, should be just come me. up. That's, yeah, that's surprising, but yeah. Um, I, I found it on my phone, John. 
Okay, yeah, well, you, it came okay. right up. So you got uh, um, you're 110 percent backed. Well, let's try the phone. Yeah, Leave the laptop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, Alpha yeah, Dogs she, issue one and two. Yeah, yeah, you got there's there's a whole bunch on here. Yeah, yeah. The the one that should be I would assume is at the top is Alpha Dogs three because it's it's Alpha. currently funding right now. And I can see it up here all stretch goals and everything like that. So okay, cool. Yeah, make sure you watch the uh, the trailer. It's it's pretty good. All all three trailers are really great. And on yeah. the third three, you can see all three of them. They they do a really good job with them. I write the script, but they do all the hard work. So now, so you and I have a I guess kind of a similar writing background because I I started out with the screenwriting too. Oh okay. And now we're into uh, Tim and I are publishing our own, I guess, kind of uh, autobiographical fiction. Tim, is that what we're saying? Yeah, we're already on, on book two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're on book two okay. of our uh, own autobiographical fiction. So, with I know um, is that, is that, I've um, is that in genre autobiographical fiction. <laughs> it's like uh, yeah, I guess it's uh, autobiographical fiction, fictionalized. Uh, inspired by stories, I guess it would be, uh, you know, kind of yeah. just uh, insane stories of uh, our it's work collect, life, It's collected it work stories is what it is. It yeah. might not be necessarily yeah. our stories. So, oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's, but they're, that's good... they're fictionalized because <laughs> if you put, if you put the original story out there, then lots of people would be mad. Uh, <laughs> I got you. I got you. That's cool. So I'm familiar with uh, the screenwriting process. It's a very visual form of writing and comic books, I guess. Um, how did you kind of find that whole process of switching over from like a screenplay to a, a comic book script, which is similar in some ways? Like I, I've tried to write them, but I have a tough time. Did you find it challenging or was it kind of a natural spin over to that comic book format? And what's different maybe? Uh, not very much at all, really. You just don't have to put so much um, detail for the actors because you're kind of, you're that... When it comes to comic book writing, I, I prefer it so much more because you're the director and and the writer. So you're able to really be more specific with a comic book than with a screenplay. With a screenplay, it's it's so much more. I mean, you, page eight, you have to... The technique is very... With a screenplay, is very stringent. You have page eight, you have page 16... 25 is when act one ends uh, page 60 is when everything kind of turns like you. So it's a lot more um, technical aspect for a screenplay. And once you read alpha dogs, you'll see it's alpha dog on my screen. My writing for my comic book is very much in the tone of a screenplay anyway. So um, you, you'll definitely see that. Alpha Dogs and Dimester Detective will easily lend themselves to a movie or a TV series. So, uh, which, fingers crossed, maybe that will happen down the road. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. All right. Well, is there anything else you want to talk about before we go? Or um, No, just, uh, yeah, just to check out the Kickstarter. Uh, it's, uh, if you're a big dog fan or a big fan of original comic books. Uh, I, I think you'd like alpha dogs. All right. Well, we're going to, we're going to love it. <laughs> busy, I'm so. busy pledging right now. So the trick is to click oh, on right. your name at the first Kickstarter I was at because it doesn't really say, but they're sold out and there's nothing you can do there. So from a novice yeah, point of view to Kickstarter. Yeah. 
So then if I yep. click on your name and then it'll show me all the projects you're working on and one of them has a green bar and the other three don't. So then from that okay. point, it's pretty easy to figure out which one to click. The one with the green bar. And then you can go straight to pledges, configure reward, which I'm doing right now. And yeah, I'm not oh, going to cool. get out my credit card while we're on the podcast though, but... <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't. I can't remember if all of everything ships to Canada. I think it does, but don't quote me. And or you can always just get the PDF. I know for sure. I think certain ones um, ship to Canada. It but, says it uh, does. If they don't. It says it does so far. So cool. Cool. Yeah. Shipping yeah, destination Canada. Been, yeah, because I, I remember there was a couple of people from Canada that that wanted to back one person was really adamant and then he never backed the comic book so i was like okay whatever <laughs> you'll, you'll get that sometimes yep well i did and you made a special one for me john so i appreciate yeah, it yeah no I, I appreciate having me on and getting to give my little spiel it's uh it's very that you'll find when you if you do a kickstarter for yours it's it's all about and you're you're doing it smart because a lot of people that are successful is first they build their audience through their podcast. So you've already got a built-in audience. There's someone that she just started doing her podcast uh, show, and I didn't think the comic was really anything special. But because what it is, because there's so many people, it's all about you know a personal connection you have. And that's the number one thing um, when if you do a Kickstarter is that personal connection. So. If you do do a Kickstarter, you might want to do video with yours too. Possibly, it might be something to think about. Yeah, we I've had a couple. We've had a couple of uh, requests for a YouTube show or um, yeah, yeah, anything like that. We get the big one. We get is uh, our first book that Tim and I wrote together. We put it out there, and we get a lot of requests for. Do you have an audio book? Do you have an audio book? And and we just had the old school written format. So we got to get with the times here. So we're going to do our next book. We're doing, we're doing both books at the same time, uh, audio books. So that's a, okay. a new, new foray for us. So yeah, it's a creative process, but anyway, I guess what we'll do is we'll let you guys go here and it was great to have you on John. And yeah, uh, if you want to stick around for a few minutes, we'll maybe, maybe just have follow-up chats off the record. Okay. So yeah, sounds good. <laughs> Appreciate it. Sure. If you got time, if you got time for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. No, I got time. All right, folks. Well, it's been a slice, and we'll talk to you next time. Yeah, it's been a slice. Thanks, John. Thank you, John. Thank you. Have a good one, guys. You know what really ticks me off? It's comic books.